Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, fitness for real people, with your host, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. On this week's episode, Gabrielle interviews Dr. Marnie Hill Fotoraro, an award-winning and celebrated author, speaker, and educator who found herself fighting for life when she decided to leave her toxic marriage after 27 years. Making a huge life change inspired her to pick up the pen and put it to paper. They discuss surviving abuse, her spiritual awakening, and her books. And now here's your host, personal trainer and stretch therapist, Gabrielle Mazar. Gabrielle Mazar. Welcome back to the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People. I'm your host, Gabby Mazar. And on today's episode, I have Dr. Marnie Hill Fotoraro, award-winning educator and author. She has a doctorate in education and a postdoctorate from Harvard. She has 10 books that she's written. And uh, one we're going to touch on specifically today, God Came to My Garage Sale. So welcome to the show today. Hi, thank you so much. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your history, your education. Tell me, tell me all about yourself. (laughs) Well, um, I, you know, I'm an author, uh, like you said, of 10 books, five of them are anthologies. And uh, one is a spiritual fiction that God came to my garage sale. And then I have a four book series um, called True Deceit, False Love. With the first book out already, the next two books, books two and three, will be coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, So let's see, I um, was born in the South in Miami, Florida, and I raised, I, I was raised and I also raised my family in the Midwest. So I am from the Chicago suburbs. I was a high school teacher for 35 years with 12 years as an adjunct professor at the university level. And uh, when I chose to retire, it was also the same time that I was making a very big life change. I decided to uh, leave a toxic relationship that was not very healthy. And so I chose to um, divorce after 27 years. And, you know, I knew that there would be a lot of repercussions with that decision. Uh, But I had no idea that I would be in for the fight of my life, Um, just losing everything, you know, support system, a home, all my money, you know, just a lot of relationships. And so it was a very challenging time. Um, But I always believed in goodness and honesty and love. And I decided to take those values that I've always believed in and and forge ahead and recreate a life for myself that involved writing the heel. So for me, writing was a big part of it, but also a change of scenery. I ended up two and a half years ago moving to the Caribbean. So I decided to just, you know, completely make a lot of changes and um, practice a lot of mindfulness and you know, morning meditations, and uh, just decided to make a better life for myself. And so I'm, I'm here to share that, you know, we can all go through some challenging times in our lives. And, and most of us have our own journey, our own stories, but you can rise above the negative. If you if you choose to live in goodness, and love and, and, um, you know, make a goal for yourself to, to really, um, be positive. 
So what would you say after 27 years made you really decide to kind of take life and make those changes? What was kind of your breaking point? Well, there was definitely a breaking point. You know, I had red flags about um, a lot of wrongdoings and and um, malevolent behavior um, for many many years, even before even before I got married. So, but I I was just blinded, like so many other people are, to to just. Uh, stay in situations and honor your vows and, you know, stay for the kids. And uh, I just kept on thinking things would get better, even though, you know, there were glaring reasons that I should have been paying attention to for years. But there was a defining moment where they say kind of the mask slips, where the false image of, of someone that you know, you believe they are a certain way. They their true colors were shown, and because of that, um, I really felt I had no choice but but to leave. And in fact, I I even describe it as escaping it because um, you know someone that is kind of used to abusing you very subtly for many many years they don't really like it if you are on to them and you decide wait a minute this is not serving my highest good so you know um there i there were threats and 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 i was you know basically told don't you dare don't you dare divorce me don't you leave it and even that was such a strange response um because he knew that I knew and and uh even that was just very telling and and so that's when I decided you know I can no longer be in this you know my values are of love honesty goodness um you know supporting one another and that was not the values that you know, the person I was dealing with. So I really had no choice. I, I, I really, I guess you always have a choice, I suppose, but I felt I had, I had reached my limit where I, I had to, you know, escape this and, and start a new life for myself. Yeah. So in starting a new life, you found that writing, uh, and writing these books kind of was that, uh, not escape, but that change that, um, kind of helped you get through it and made you feel better and, and became a passion for you, right? Yeah, most definitely. You know, um, for me, as a teacher, I always encouraged students to write out, you know, their thoughts, to work through their feelings. And that was true for me, too. It turned out it was very therapeutic. Um, I actually, in the midst of losing everything, had a garage sale. Um, that was life-changing. So instead of being angry or sad or um, revengeful or whatever, after, you know, thinking that my home was paid off for, you know, a decade and that I'd be able to live the rest of my days out there in, in this uh, beautiful suburban home and neighborhood that I, I thought, you know, um, 
was all perfect for myself. I, I realized I couldn't. And, and, and after losing everything, I did have to have kind of like a final garage sale um, just to unload not only the numerous material possessions that you collect over decades, but, but also just my hopes and dreams. I had to kind of let go of all sorts of things, you know, even some, some heirlooms. So it was very bittersweet, but at the same time, I was just shown some miracles at this garage sale. I had some fantastic experiences that were, were pretty magical that made me really question, is there more to this earth? You know, do we as humans go through trials and tribulations to have lessons to live a better life, you know, or, um, so that's, that's prompted me to write my spiritual fiction, uh, which is God came to my garage sale. Um, it, it won the 2020 best books award. Um, it was endorsed by James Redfield, who wrote the Celestine Prophecy, and it was um, it was just very well received. And I was able to, even though it's a spiritual fiction, I was inspired by my own real experiences as well as the hundreds of testimonials of people that have had spiritual awakenings. I kind of incorporated that into the book. And, um, and I have just found with that book, as well as my four book series, True Deceit, False Love, just to be extremely therapeutic, you know, and writing out your thoughts and, and it can help put things in perspective and uh, kind of forces you to stop and reflect on, on where you've been, what you've gone through and where you would like to go in the future. Yeah, definitely. I think, and it helps kind of to see that another person going through something that you've been through uh, can come out on the other side and still be successful and happy and making their life better because it's it's very difficult and scary to leave a situation and lose everything and start over because basically that's what you were doing starting over and you know there are negatives to it but there are definitely positives you don't ever want to be stuck in a situation where where you are unhappy because that affects you physically as well so your mental health is very very important for your physical health and kind of purging that even down on paper can help you to physically get all of that out of your body as well so Right. Most definitely. You know, people that, you know, your mental state goes hand in hand with your physical state. And, you know, when I was in the throes of this toxic marriage, um, you know, I never had big physical ailments or certainly didn't have any kind of mental you know, ailments or disorders. Um, and despite what the abuser will say, after you choose to leave an abuser, they'll make up all sorts of stories about you, uh, you know, that are, are half-truths or, or outright lies. But, but while I was in the throes of, of this toxic relationship, I started to develop even physical ailments such as fibromyalgia, which is an autoimmune disorder. And, you know, I have no history of that, you know, none in my family as well. Um, but as I later found out 
after leaving the toxic relationship and getting a complete clean bill of health, um, realized that the, the emotional stress of trying to survive and carry on in a toxic situation was leading to some physical ailments. And if I didn't escape, you know, I could have very easily suffered even more physical problems as a result. So, you know, um, talking about mental health is, is very fitting, no pun intended, but very fitting for the Fit Minute podcast because mental health and physical health go hand in hand. Absolutely. And, and so I am, I am definitely enjoying, you know, wonderful physical and mental health now that I've removed myself from that situation. It doesn't hurt being in the Caribbean and being surrounded by nature and, you know, being very active, um, you know, whether it's hiking or swimming, um, but, you know, there, there is hope for people that are going through some very dark, challenging times that, you know, really, if you can find your passions or what works for you, or if you can really, you know, look at your situation and, and, and see if you can make a change, you know, the best is yet to come and you will find you will be getting healthier mentally and physically as time goes on. Yeah. I think the fear is that you, what happens a lot of times in those toxic relationships is that it starts very small and it's, it's sometimes just a wording and how they say things to you. And over time it becomes greater and then sometimes becomes physical. And you don't really notice that, uh, that the relationship is toxic or you don't really notice the red flags until you get to that breaking point of, I have to leave, but then you're at the point of fear. You're at the point of what do I do now? I've built this life and how am I going to recover from this? And it's, it's very scary to start over, but I bet you never imagined that you could start over and move your life to the Caribbean. <laughs> right, right. No, I never <laughs> even had that in my radar at all but but yes you do you do bring up a really good point that the abuse in some toxic relationships now in mine it was a marriage but it could also be in someone's work situation it could also involve family or even a best friend you know where it, it can be very very slow but on the abuser's um, side it can be extremely methodical and planned out as far as what they are doing. Um, so, something as simple as, you know, no one will love you the way I love you. Right. right. Uh, no one will treat you the way I will. And just words like that. And, and although sure. it seems very uh, on their side, it, it seems when you hear words like that, you're like, oh, of course. Oh, yeah, that's so sweet. It's not sweet. They yeah. are methodically planting in your head that no one will love you the way that they love you. No right. one will treat you the way that they will. So don't ever leave me because no one will ever do the things that I do for you. So it's it's very, right. and it it's, can start so very simple and small. Right, <clears throat> and these abusers are, are master manipulators. You know, you almost don't want to give them a lot of credit um, because they aren't as intelligent 
as you, you know, as they think they are, but you know, they are very skilled at observing human behavior. And then, you know, what they do is slowly gaslight you, yes. you know, and, and then there's an extreme amount of cognitive dissonance where you question your own view of things. Um, and, and you question your own, um, your own self, your own reality. Um, but, but what some of these abusers also do is they isolate you. So they slowly isolate you from friends and family, from neighbors, um, even from people that you work with so that your support system, you know, or who you might turn to for advice um, they really don't have your back um, because they've already been filled slowly over many years. Mm -hmm. And they've, they've been filled with lies about you um, when really you think, wow, like they care about me. They really are looking out for my best interest, but they're really not. They're kind of setting the stage for when the discard will happen. Um, and of course, in my case, I really... Um, shocked my abuser because I left him you know I'm the one who filed for divorce and I'm the one who who chose to get away and I I think that at some point the abusers don't think you have the strength to to do anything like that because they've worked hard at trying to get you you know loyal to them and confused and you know um, and, and they even, they want you even on physical disability. That's how isol they want you isolated so much, but you know, not everyone will fall for it. And sometimes it does take a light bulb moment to, to make the change, yeah. but you know, there's definite hope when you, when you can get away. I mean, realize that when you do leave an abuser, you are stalked and harassed. You can have legal threats. Uh, put against you for years and years afterwards because they want to save face they want to keep this false persona <clears throat> going you know they want to uh, give the impression that that um, you know they are someone that they really are not right but you know better yeah and your children know better too you know they lived this as well so right. so that all led you to um, your book Tell me, so what is God Came to Your Garage Sale? What is it about? Tell me a little, tell us a little bit more about it. Well, this particular book is a spiritual fiction, you know, that takes place at a garage sale. And it's about an atheist woman who loses everything and has to have a garage sale and miracles happen that make her really, you know, um, believe that there must be something more to this earth than we just live and die, that maybe we... There are signs and synchronicities that can guide us. Um, you know, I originally started out writing the book um, more of a nonfiction of, hey, these are some real things that happened at the garage sale. And I went into a little bit of the backstory of why this person had to have this garage sale in the first place. But as I edited and re-edited countless times, I chose to... Um, I knew at some point I wanted to write and help people that were dealing with domestic violence, narcissistic abuse, and parental alienation. But I, when it came down to it, my first novel, I didn't feel that that was how I wanted that direction to go. 
And so then it was in later writings that I was able to talk in general about surviving this family abuse and trauma uh, in, a, in a general way. I'm not slandering anyone. I'm not, you know, when I write all sorts of poems and, and words and comments in my True Deceit False Love series, it is done in such a general way that it can be applicable to anyone because men, men suffer domestic abuse as well. And, you know, that's oftentimes not talked about. Um, and of course, children are so much of the collateral damage, you know, um, unintentionally, but sometimes with the abusers, with parental alienation, it is intentional to use the children, whether they're young or adult, um, you know, and they also use the court systems to, to try to destroy the person that might expose the truth of the wrongdoings of the abuser. And they want to silence you. They even want you dead. I mean, they, they will, and you, I'm sure in the news, read about numerous cases where either, you know, one partner, whether it's a man or woman, you know, feels that the only way to silence this other person or to show them is to take their life and they sometimes take the life of the children so it's it can really lead to some extreme reactions um that's why when you kind of feel that your safety is being threatened and you know you're dealing with someone very malevolent um really as soon as you can the best thing is to get far away from that person but they don't let you go easily they're like predators and you're a prey. And, you know, so you have to realize that, you know, when you're left with no support system and you're kind of on your own, picking up the pieces of your life, um, you're, you're, you're doing this by yourself in many ways. And you're also having to still deal with the, the repercussions of your decisions. And, you know, at some point you'd like to think they'd meet someone else and move on and leave you alone. And even if they do that, they don't always want to leave you alone because they're right. still, still sticking to their, you know, false narrative that they're trying to, you know, uh, put out there. But you and know they what? have I to believe... prove to the new person what an awful right. person you are so that right. this new person right. doesn't believe how terrible they are or that they had done this to you. So. Right, you know, and you know, you, you different people, you know, um, react to people differently, you know, and, and that's okay, but just, it, it would be nice if, if the abusers would, would finally stop, you know, but, but they've, they've got a condition, it's a disorder. They're very obsessed, you know, um, with, like, you know, putting out that false narrative, but, but they have to, you know, their life is a pretty miserable life because that's what their focus is constantly. They're constantly having to um, uh, prove themselves, you know, or make up false things about themselves, put themselves in such good light where when you can escape, you can go about the business of living your life. You know, I very rarely think of my abuser. You know, I mean, I, I mention it when I talk about the, the basis for, for my books. Um, but in reality, I'm living a beautiful life, very happy, very healthy mentally and physically. And, and 
that's where I want to put my energies is, is towards the light and goodness. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to go back necessarily and, and relive what I went through. I'm mad at myself, of course, for sticking it out so long, but I also believe that, you know, sometimes we don't control the timing of things. And sometimes, you know, part of our journey is going through certain things and there's a time and place for, for sticking it out. And there is a time and place for, for leaving. Yeah. So what made you decide to pick up and move to the Caribbean? Well, you know, um, I decided with a very close friend who is now my life partner. He and I traveled a whole lot as, as part of our relationship. We just love to explore other lands and people and uh, we knew at some point when I retired from teaching that I, you know, we were going to um, move somewhere that we both would enjoy. And we kept on coming back to the Caribbean, even though there were probably 10 other places on our list that could have been wonderful places to explore. But, um, you know, uh, my partner, Rick, he is very much into astronomy and scuba diving. And the Caribbean is a great place for both of those things. I've always been a sun lover and I spend uh, most of my days swimming in the ocean, you know, and I love that I am five minutes away from that. And so that made our choice, you know, plus living, we're in St. Croix, which is one of the U.S. United States Virgin Islands. Mm -hmm. um, so even though it is United States, it really does feel like we're in a foreign land in many ways. We even drive on the left here instead of the right, like in, in the States. So, um, you know, we, we are immersed with many different cultures and um, definitely a lot of ethnic foods that are fantastic. And um, we just enjoy living here. It's just been you know, it's just a wonderful place to be. I love that. That's so positive and inspiring and inspiring for so many people that are going through or have gone through what you have been through. So uh, I think it's, it's really amazing to think that other people can definitely, definitely learn from that. And you're absolutely right. I think there is timing for everything. We all have to kind of go through the things to get to or to learn what we have to go through. You know, we can't, you can't learn something if you don't actually go through it. So going through and, and having to deal with what you've been through has led you to this place in your life. And now you're in a better place, writing your books and doing the things that you love. And that's very, very inspiring. Right. So, and I, you know, I think that our voices matter. Yeah, our voices absolutely matter. I think I was saying our, our voices matter. So sharing our stories um, and sharing the real stories, you yeah. know, the negative and the positive can help bring inspiration to others that might find themselves stuck. Like, I don't think I can do that. But then if they could hear other people that have worked through their pain and their losses, um, that it does provide hope for yeah. a better life. I think it's, it's relatable to people because especially when you're going through something like that, especially when you're deep in a situation, it's really hard to see the other side. It's really difficult to think, 
positive at all. It's really, it's scary. It's scary mm -hmm. to think, you know, I have to leave my kids, my family, everything I know, my home, I'm losing everything. And, but there is hope. There's always hope. There's always, there's always something on the other side. Right. And it's just a matter of how you attack it. How do you change it? How do you move forward? And, you know, with, for you, it was writing these books yeah. and putting the, putting this down on paper and purging and coping with everything that you had been through and allowing yourself to actually feel everything that you had been through. And you, d you said something about, about how you hated that you had taken so long, but, and, and actually been through all of that, but you can't change it. You know, you can't yeah. change, you can't change what you had been through. You can't take it back. All that time is gone. So now you have to look forward to everything that you can do now. And you are in a beautiful place with someone you enjoy spending time with and being with and you're five minutes from the beach and you can't you can't ask for anything more you know no and you know but the losses are real and you know and like you know i i had said boy i kind of wish my light bulb went on earlier but you know there are repercussions to that as well if i would have had my light bulb moment when the kids were really young in grade school or something this might have had a completely different outcome. Sure, it would I mean, have had. Yes, I, you know, it's, it's uh, devastating to be alienated from an adult child, um, you know, right now. But on the flip side, I was so honored and fortunate to have 20 years with that adult child. And that is much more than a lot of people have. Right. And so, you know, our perspectives of what we've gone through, I think help, help us come to terms with the timing of everything. So, so really, and abusers, you know, have been known to take their ex to court, to make up false accusations, to try to get children removed from them completely. When, right. you know, with, and luckily I didn't have to deal with custody issues or anything right. like that. It was bad enough dealing with what I had to deal with and in the, the number of legal things that I had to, to go through just to, to separate from this very toxic individual. And it's still going on, you know? I mean, I filed for divorce in 2013 and he's still taking me to court. He's still trying to engage and create chaos and trauma and all that. And, you know, it's, it's getting a little old at this point, you know? Um, so, you know, they'll hopefully at some point would be able to move on with their lives. But I certainly have moved on and it's, it's been the best thing yeah. for me. So your books can be found on your website. The website is God came to my garage sale.com. Yes. And mm -hmm. all of your books are on there. So you can yes. get, you can find and every one of your books. And like you mm -hmm. said, you have some that are fiction and some that are not. And some that are anthologies. Right. So I, where I've contributed a chapter, you know, or an essay to, to a collective book. Okay. So, 
Yeah. So the right, you know, my website is where you can find all of that, you know, at www.godcametomygaragesale.com. You can also under the happenings menu tab, find out, you know, other podcasts and book signings and events that I'm involved in. So perfect. Yeah. Is there anything you want to leave our um, listeners with anything that you feel they need to know or is important for them? Well, definitely, you know, your listeners already know about how wonderful you are in your podcast. So I would tune into your podcast for all things, you know, um, fit as far as mental or physical fitness, because all of that goes hand in hand in having a happier and healthier life. But I would say, you know, my parting words would be, hey, we all go through challenges in our lives, um, you know. Some stories are similar to what you're going through. Some are very different, but we all go through through challenging times. But how we choose to handle those challenges can make or break, you know, the opportunities that we have in our future to have a happier life. So, you know, we can choose to stay in love and light and goodness and compassion and forgiveness. And all of those things really do help open up your eyes to signs and synchronicities and connect you with like-minded people that, you know, you really resonate with their mission, their ideas. So, so hang in there and take some proactive steps in your own life to make your life a better life for yourself. Thank you very much. So I absolutely believe that. I believe all of that to be true. Thank you so much. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Uh, check out all of her books on uh, GodCameToMyGarageSale.com. And uh, I'll have all of that information on uh, our show notes today. So I really appreciate you coming on and telling your story today. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you having a great platform for helping others get their word out. Yeah, I I love to have people share their stories. I think it's really important to have people hear that there's other people out there like them, you know, that it's it's really important to let people know that that other people share share the same, share the same stories, mm-hmm. share the same challenges, uh no matter what it is, no matter no matter if it's abuse or if it's weight loss or if it's mental health or whatever there there are other people out there just like you so thank you sure yeah thank you everyone for listening today and we will see you all next week thank you so much for listening to the fit minute podcast fitness for real people with your host gabrielle mazar if you would like more information on today's episode, you can find it in the show notes and on Gabrielle's website at www.destinationfitcations.com. Visit to keep an eye out for upcoming fitcations. Be sure to share the show, give this podcast a review, and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. Join us next week to hear more stories from people just like you. This has been the Fit Minute Podcast, Fitness for Real People with Gabrielle Mazar.